Hi, this is Laura Monroe, and I'm excited I may be coming to your home soon. For 25 years, you've been coming to us for Inman Connect. Now we're coming to you. Sign up for Inman Connect now, June 2nd to June 4th at Inman.com. Hi, this is Brad Inman with my daily dispatch. Right in the middle of the Great Recession in 2009, I went to Europe and wrote a novel as I traveled the trains from country to country. A book I finally decided to publish earlier this year, The Right Way to Do Wrong. From my experience as a real estate writer, I was struggling to assign blame for that difficult period in our history. One culprit in my novel was the rating agencies, which gave mortgage-backed securities decent ratings when they should have been downgrading these pools of toxic home loans. It may be too early to figure out blame when it comes to COVID-19, but there are indeed culprits, not only those who may have contributed to the problem, but those who take advantage of the pandemic and enrich themselves. It may take some time to unravel the truth, but eventually most of it will come out. This is important so we can avoid mistakes from our past. Now with that, here with me today to figure out our current situation is one of my favorite people in the industry, New Yorker and real estate leader, Pam Liebman, president and CEO of the Corkin Group. Pam, how are you? Welcome. I'm doing great, thank goodness. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. Always now, I can, I can see uh, Pam on video because I do these videos so I can see the person, but we only do these as audio. You look you look healthy, happy and healthy. Are you uh, you're healthy and your family okay? Thank you so much for asking we are um, I've been with my husband for the past six weeks down in Miami and uh, I do miss my kids but they're safe up in uh, out east in New York so uh, I hope your family as well as well as you know too well they are and thank you very much Pam you b before we got started here you mentioned something that really touched me um, you know we've lost people in the real estate community and you had mentioned that a fairly um, renowned or you know certainly a an epic sort of professional, Robbie Brown, a broker in New York City, uh, died of, of COVID-19. Can, can you share with us a little bit about him for the audience? Because I think- Oh, um, sure. It's a, go for it. You know, a lot of people knew Robbie because I don't say this about a lot of people. They may think it in their own mind, but for real, Robbie was a legend in the industry. He was a very funny and kind soul, and he was just generous of spirit. He was truly the kind of guy that when- he walked into a room, he lit it up. He always had a funny story, Brad. He had an incredible history from his prep school days to his Ivy League education to his short stint in medical school, running European tours, running the Olympic Village in uh, Los Angeles. And I think he was most famous aside from real estate uh, uh, for all of the work he did for the gay community. Very, very um, prominent fundraiser. He ran a Toys for Tots every year, which is a party attended by 2,000 people. He had a huge celebrity clientele, but they became his friends. And he didn't brag about it. He was as natural with, with the, the celebrity as he would be with the guy who stood outside the diner and needed money for a cup of coffee. And Robbie would be the first one to throw a $10 bill in. He was a great wow. loss to us as a human yeah. being. Oh, that's sad. Um, well, let's all think in the community is uh, about Robbie, and we'll be uh, posting a story about him. And I, I really appreciate um, you sharing that. Um, let's get down to business with some of the stuff going on. Um, it really is hard to sort out right now, as I did in my opening comments, Pam, 
to sort out fact from fiction, isn't it? I mean, whether it be the virus, whether it be uh, the economy, or whether it be the housing market. Let me just ask you, what do you read or what, how do you think about it? How do you sort through as a leader of the industry to tell your troops about what's going on? Um, you and I know both read the New York Post, but that's probably the not, not the best guiding force of information. But <laughs> really? How, yeah. <laughs> how do you sort out the facts here so that you can, when you communicate to your colleagues and your peers and the agents out there, the brokers out there, how, how do you sort out all this information? Well, first of all, I only know what I know. So I try and be very authentic about it. And I think what I've learned from this is people, nobody really knows. And I mean, even something that everyone's hooked onto today, right? Because every day it seems to be something different is we have to get the antibody test. We have to get the antibody test. And then you read that, oh, well, we don't even know if, the, if you have antibodies, how long they're effective for. So I also find myself being asked a lot of questions. The, the most typical is what's going to happen with the market and when are we going back to work? So I can make assumptions, but that's all they are based on my past experience. Um, I mean, you and I, Brad, have been through a lot. I've been in the business a long time. And when this first happened, people were saying we were coming, this, this happened at a time when we were in a pretty strong market. While luxury in New York might have been doing great, in general, the market was doing well. So this is what just threw this market into this you know, crazy tailspin. And we literally stopped working for the most part. I mean, we stopped physically going and showing apartments. So everybody wants to know, are we still transacting? When are we coming back? Do I think the market recovers quickly? And so the way I answer these questions is, you know, you can only rely so much on the past, but you have a, a bit of a gut reaction and yeah. you, you just sort of think about what, um, what was happening before, you know, what something like interest rates are going to do to propel this and right. what does it mean for luxury and what does it mean in, at the end of the day, people having been at home for so long, did they like their home? Did they yeah. realize this is where they want to be? And of course, a great question, this happened after the tragedies of 9-11 also was, are people going to, going to abandon New York? Do people yeah. no longer want urban living? I mean, so many questions, right? No one's going to abandon New York. I'm already looking for apartments. <laughs> I, I left there, Excellent. I feel bad, years ago. Uh, gave up my apartment in Greenwich Village by the stupidest thing they did. But, um, you know, Lyazin are already looking. So I can't imagine that. But when you see the empty streets of New York and you look at the devastation, you and I both know, I mean, Madison having a retail kind of struggled over the years with, with e-commerce. But if a shop closes, you know, sometimes within 24 hours, a new shop is in there. I just got to believe those are going to get filled up. But, you know, this is different. And I think what you said is so important. And, and Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's sidekick, who's been working with um, Buffett for years, said, no one knows. And I think you saying that is so true. But let's you and I just imagine, it looks like maybe certainly a rough spring, probably a rough summer. Um, if business comes back, as you say, rates are low, people's appetite for housing may be a function of them not liking their current house, or maybe, hopefully, and there were already in New York some deals, and some people are gainfully employed. Um, it's a horrible unemployment rate, but um, Maybe it's just a tough spring and summer, maybe something. I mean, as our, our readership tries to plan, maybe in the fall, I hope. Uh, we don't know, right? I mean, who knows, right? I, I think it's hard to know. I used to say, well, hopefully summer will be the new spring. Now we'll yeah. need fall to be the new summer and spring. Yeah. Uh, I think 
what I really feel confident about is there's a lot of pent up demand. You just said it. And yeah. we could see it because we have done so many virtual tours and the inquiries are great. Now, some of them may be just the whole real estate porn, right? People are sitting at home. They have nothing to do. They like to look at great houses, right? Or great apartments. But we've done um, a lot of what seem to be really legitimate tours. And Brad, we've transacted quite a bit. Unfortunately, these are not super high-end deals. I think it's much harder to sell something virtually that's you know, 5, 10, or even higher. Um, but we have seen a decent amount of activity. It's not like we've stood still. So I'm happy about that. Um, so I'm going to hang my hat a little bit on there's a lot of pent-up demand. The interest yeah. rates will really help. And people maybe didn't like the place they were living so much, and they want to get what they didn't have. One of these yeah. things being, if you had a, a small apartment and you didn't have a terrace, you might have thought, wow, this would have been great if I could have walked outside right. during yeah. all of this. Or if you're there with your partner or your kids and you didn't have enough space to separate. You know, the kids are being yeah. homeschooled. The, the two adults are working. You know, were you able to spread out? And of course, or a, floor, a high enough, or a high enough floor to push them off. Uh, <laughs> when you we have out. seen some, we have seen some really funny videos. I mean, that's what's oh, kept me laughing. All these memes yeah. are hysterical. They really, <laughs> really are. Hysterical. Let, let are me so ask. Oh, it's the most creative period I can remember in the media business. And everyone's again, like in the early days of blogging, suddenly everybody's gotten into the media business. So I think it's beautiful. Hey, let me ask you, I'm just curious. Yas sent me a link two days ago of an apartment in Sutton Place, which you know is a, kind of a great, a great area. Probably not as strong as some markets. Um, I'm not sure why. My brother tried to sell a place in that area and he had a hell of a time in the last year. He sold it before this. But you know, it, it was whatever the amount of money was. I said, yeah, it's just wait. Well, not like we're going to do it anyway. Wait to the summer or this or the fall. But, but let me ask you, if a buyer really was, and I got Yaz off the edge here, but if a buyer really was interested, um, would you, as a broker, I guess a broker would have to take any offer that someone submitted but I suspect we're going to see some low balls coming in here and people, <laughs> people doing those low balls are going to, you know, eventually there's a fish that's going to swim, you know, along the stream that you're going to catch. Um, what do you tell buyers in that situation? And then we'll talk about sellers. It's like, what, what do you, what's, why not try to find a deal? It's, well, it's horrible. Everyone, that sounds. Everyone should try and find a deal. Why not? Um, but what I've said particularly in New York, we've already taken a hit on pricing on the high end of the market. So yeah. when, what is that over, over a million or over 2 million, 5 million? Well, when I'm going to say high end here, I'm sorry, I should have been more specific, but let's just say really when you're talking about over $4 million, you know, you've seen things come down. I think the low interest rates protected the lower end, but in general, the New York market, the prices have come down and you see it in the average price because all of those big deals that everybody liked to talk about, all those sexy deals and new developments, like where we're selling all these apartments at 220 Central Park South for you know, $50 million plus, these were all pipeline deals, right? So we're yeah. not really seeing those happening today. Everybody's writing about them. We happen to have closed a couple of them in the past three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. So you know that makes for good real 
estate porn. But the reality is we're not transacting those deals right at the moment. So we are having some people come in and make crazy offers, 30% off, 40% off, but nobody's engaging in those numbers because we're saying there's already been a correction. So the question yeah. I keep getting asked is, what's the COVID correction? You know, what's the COVID number? Yeah. And nobody knows that because there yeah. haven't been enough transactions to state that. But I personally don't think that it's going to be something crazy because we've already come down. After 08, the prices they, they went down so fast, it was almost 30%, you know, in a couple of weeks. Typically, yeah. you know better than anyone, the market trends down. That was an immediate yeah. correction. Here, yeah. um, we still see a lot of demand. So I don't think you're going to see that. I, I just personally don't think you'll see that crazy correction. And not to sound like a broker who just wants people to go out there and buy, but I do think it is a good time to be op opportunistic, right? Crisis creates yeah. opportunities. I personally bought... Um, to one property of mine in October of 2001. I bought another one after 2008. Um, you know, nobody knows when things bottom. I, and I always yeah. say make decisions also based on what your personal needs are. You can't sharpshoot, uh, sharpshoot the market. But, you know, I Leslie, Leslie, Leslie Ten Appleton Young, the uh, economist at the California Association of Realtors, whenever she's asked, what's the best time to buy a house in California? She says five years ago. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know if that applies anymore. Let me ask you, what's the mood? You and I sit here talking about spring, summer, oh, fall, maybe. I'm a, I'm a broker who, uh, the only paycheck I get is based on the commissions that I earn, whatever I can scramble to put together. Um, how's their morale? And how, how do you even speak to them right now? And, and what support do they need? Not, not just from you, the industry, you know, from the inmate community, what, what are you hearing and feeling out there? And I'm sure it's different person to person, but um, this must be scary on two fronts, health, losing a colleague like Robbie Brown, and then, you know, where's the next paycheck come from? Hi, this is Joe Rand. I'm excited I may be coming to your home soon. For 25 years, you have been coming to Inman Connect. Now, Connect is coming to you. Find details at Inman.com. Well, it's very, very kind of you to ask that because um, everybody's worried about everybody else. And that's something that I've really seen come out. I've been really proud of the way the industry, for the most part, have come together. I've had so many conversations with my peers, you know, sharing ideas, best practices, and talking about them, trying to get everybody going to talk about bringing New York back as an industry, not just as individual brokers just starting to throw their ads back in the paper or digital, whatever, but to show solidarity as to this is a market, this is a city that will never go away. And we are strong, we are survive. I love the whole New York strong thing. But in terms of my own individual brokers, and I'm sure you've heard this, is that they love to be connected. And they just want to hear from each other and they want to hear from the leadership of the companies, you know, what we see and what's going on. One of the biggest topics has been renegotiation. So a lot of agents have reached out to myself and the managers and said, have you had to deal with any renegotiations? How are you handling it? Now, when you say, just so we're that. clear in the vernacular, um, New York has its own language. When you say renegotiate, you mean what? I've got a deal that hasn't closed and the seller or buyer wants to renegotiate the terms. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and it's usually the buyer right now, Brad. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so, right. So we're in contract. We've passed the co-op board or 
we're in contract at a condo and we're supposed to close in two weeks and the buyer says, I think the world is in a different place now. So I was supposed to pay, I'm just randomly $5 million and now I'd like to pay 10% less. And how do you deal with that? So the agents have done a really great job of learning from each other. I've put groups of agents on the phone on a regular basis. We get about five or six people and we all talk and share information, but it's important to hear from each other. We do a lot of of company, we do a lot of company surveys so that we can take that information and spit it back out to all the agents. So we really encourage them to, uh, participate and we have this thing called agent studio at Corcoran where we run all of our training and education and I'm so happy we were able to really get that up and running online and our class participation has never been higher so that's that's been really good and we're doing it you know we've rolled out our franchises which has been interesting we just signed up uh, another one in Florida which I'm happy about and we're about to announce two more so even during this We've um, we've done this. What do you have now? You you opened some in Chicago, right? Is that we did Chicago. We we went big in your area in California, um, and now we're in Florida, and we've got uh, a bunch more to come. But the reason I brought that up is we've had some of those agents participating in our top agent panels, which is great because we're bringing a whole new audience, um, both to the table to share and to listen. So that that's that's been wonderful. Tell me this on the ad front. Um, I was talking to Mauricio yesterday at the agency and he said um, he's cut his print ads because he used to be big on counterintuitive doing a lot of print ads. I know you have as well. He's basically cut all their other ads, although he's starting to think through rubbing that up. What have you done on that front? Have you just cut off the New York Times and cut off all your other channels or what would... both, I guess, to save money and also it's useless, but also it can look really cheesy, right? All of the above. So we give our agents uh, budgets for them to spend. We call them their ad budgets and we give them out quarterly and we just killed the second quarter ad budget. Um, we've continued as a company to refocus our spending, uh, not just digitally, but really upping our social media gain. And believe it or not, we I look every week And when we're tracking our hits and our visits, they've gone up quite a bit. It seems to be leveling out now, but we had a really big jump. And I I give a lot of credit to my my marketing team because they learned how to really engage the social media crowd here. And I think everybody responsible in the real estate industry has had to make these difficult decisions, but they're the right decisions. I'm, I said to people, I'm very confident in my decision. And I'm proud the way the industry, again, pulled together to do this. There's probably only one company that sort of went rogue during all this and tried to use some of these responsible changes to cope with this crisis um, to try and you know, give digs to the companies and, and use it as a recruiting tactic, which, which I find just so distasteful and the agents have found it distasteful as well yeah those people you know they're kind of they kind of expose themselves for everything that's bad about them in this environment you know i think this slogan or the slogan but the term i'm hearing over and over i first heard on a podcast here was uh, you know serve not sell you know now's the time to serve each other you know like you said the collegial attitude that people have to help each other. I love the case study. You know, we got a closing that's being renegotiated, getting a lot of people. You know, in the old days, no one had time for that. Everyone's doing their own thing. You know, you couldn't get them on the phone. It's just like a contacting you. I send you an email and we're on, you know, we're doing this instantly. Some of that 
garbage in the middle that doesn't give us time to do the things we should be doing, we can now do. And that's, that's really a beautiful thing. Um, give me your, we're kind of running out of time here. Um, tell me your kind of overall, think of the Inman community. It's a very diverse group. It's all the big brokers and owners and, you know, we have a million readers and agents and tech companies and startups. And um, what, what's a message to our community about uh, what we should all be doing here over the course of the next few months together? I would say that I'm going back to this is a people business. It's all about the people. And we need to first and foremost care about our families, our agents, um, everybody's health and have a kindness towards buyers and sellers who may be suffering uh, in ways that never have happened before. And, you know, stop all this nonsense talk about, um, you know, we're going to do this through tech and, you know, I'm going to do this better than you and you're going to do this better than me. And let's, let's all work together. It doesn't matter if you're in California, Seattle, um, Wisconsin, Michigan, um, agents are a community. And I hope that the lasting effect of this will be everybody learns how to work better together as a community uh, for the betterment of everybody out there looking to be part of a real estate transaction. Great way to end this, uh, Pam. Always good to chat with you. Take care of Miami down there. And uh, <laughs> um, I'll see you on the other side when all this is over. And I can't wait to give you a hopefully, yeah, hug. <laughs> you um, bet you will. <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine uh, someday soon, I hope. Uh, best to you and best to all the gang at Corcoran. And a, and a, and a special shout out upstairs to, uh, to Robbie Brown. And you be well. And Thank this you. is Brad Inman checking out.